evening, Patriots. I'll tell you, it's quite a time that we live in. And it is a, <laughs> I guess if God was going to make a crazy time for people to be part of, yeah, this would be it. This would be like, you have now signed up for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, thank you. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And that is what it is. Hey, before we begin tonight, Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. That's the coffee literally for our time. Is a coffee designed for the warriors of our time. And that's a coffee that is designed in part by Dr. Eric Naputi to boost your health, boost your energy, keep your mental focus all day long. And that works along with a series of other products that make a whole health ecosystem. And those products include a gut health triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the number one problems we have of health in the United States. Also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. You also have Earth, which is a full body nutrient powder. Mix it with water, shake it up, drink it like a shake. It's all the base nutrients your body needs for the full day. And Pure 47, which is the most refined silver extract on the market which can isolate most of the pathogens that we interact with, including the full complement of SARS-CoV craziness, and not only keep your body safe, but help again enhance your immune system. These products all work together to help reestablish our health sovereignty, to keep us away from the biomedical nightmare, to rebuild our strength in our health, and to give us that independence of a strong, healthy immune system in a time when we are immersed in a constant assault on our health and our immune systems. So check it out, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. All right, Patriots. So I was actually reading, I'm going to total side run here just for a minute because I want to share something with you. There is something that you should check out if you're gardening, and it's called Broad Forks, B-R-O-A-D. F-O-R-K-S. There's a really awesome company called Treadlight Broadforks. Treadlight, T-R-E-A-D-L-I-T-E, broadforks.com. And what these are is these are really wide um, digging forks. They're about 20 inches wide. Some of them are as wide as 30 inches, and they have tines. The shorter one has four tines. The bigger ones have as many as seven tines, and you're able to dig down into your beds like a full 10 to 12 inches. One of them even goes down as deep as 14 inches. I, this is the tool I use to do all my quote-unquote tilling. I don't till my beds. I actually do this all by hand, and it's, a, it's an amazingly efficient tool. I set up my garden beds on last year on hard clay. This clay was like concrete, and I use this tool with a digging board to break the soil up. It took me, like each bed took me a full day of digging, breaking up clay, digging again, breaking up clay, sifting, and then adding the various levels of compost. But Broad Forks, B-R-O-A-D-F-O-R-K-S, Broad Forks, they are really amazing product. These are all made in the USA, by the way, which I love. And, you know, my whole idea is that when you're, gardening, we have to have some efficiencies. We need to maximize the spaces that we have to use high intensity planting as much as we can and maximize your yields. 
because it's it's going to be, I'm very serious what I was talking about last hour. I mean, that we're coming to a place where we're going to have to be able to produce food for ourselves and also help others. It's going to get pretty critical. And of course, the media is downplaying this. Everybody's downplaying this, including every hand puppet in the Republican Party right now. And it's, it's irritating me because this is a looming crisis that isn't going to go away quickly. And we need to be preparing. And so one way of preparing other than stocking up on food is to maximize and start improving your garden space. If you've got a lawn, like my standard line is kill your lawn, grow a garden. But anyway, these are really good and they're a great tool to use. I've used them. I have a, I'm actually, matter of fact, I'm buying another one, a couple of them, in fact, for the garden because they are a productive tool. You will save hours of time in the end and you won't need to rely on any sort of gas tilling machine which is the truth, which is important. So anyway, total off topic, but on topic at the same time, because we really have to confront ourselves with where we are at. This, the, uh, we are in a time now when we should be able to see the signs of coming of a coming storm. And if you're not seeing them, I would maybe suggest you take off those rose-colored glasses or fear glasses depending on which ones you're wearing, and and really start paying attention. Now, you know, like all things, and there's, I think this is where my one of my big criticisms has been, and you know this, but one of my big criticisms to the Q program is that it has left this big seed of we're going to be okay because someone's going to come in and, and save us in the end. If you believe that and you want to sit around and wait for that, go ahead. Have at it. Good luck with that. But I'm not one of those because I'm not going to wait for somebody else to come in and save me. It's kind of like seeing, living in a place more that you know where there's hurricanes or a place where you know that there's snowstorms and saying, ah, it's okay. If something happens, FEMA will take care of me. And I've lived in those places and I've seen people that do that. And it's not pretty. You know, I've, I, I'm going to tell you a story. When I was in I'm trying to think when I was. I was guess I was in my late 20s. And I had been hired by McDonald's Corporation out of Boca Raton, Florida. And all people that work for the corporation, no matter what you do, and this is different because most of McDonald's are franchise-owned. This was the corporate office out of Boca Raton. And at the time, they were fast-tracking me to go into their international office to work out of... Uh, some of the islands off of the coast of Florida. That was the intent of my hiring. I didn't stay with them long enough. McDonald's drives me crazy. But anyway, but everybody has to go through a training in the store, in the restaurants, and you have to go through it, and you have to go through the manager training, no matter what your position is in the corporation. For the most part, if you have anything to do with operations, you have to go through the store training. And that process is a two-year, generally a two-year process. So I was working out of a, what they call a Series 2000 store, which is a smaller restaurant. And it was over near the rich area in Boca Raton, which is right near where Dave from Wendy's had his house. And a lot of the, the uh, professional players had, it's all gated communities over there. There's a polo club nearby. I mean, it's all like total rich snobville. Your local, um, and I'm not exaggerating, like the local, Chevron station had a little, had a little mini store 
And the only Chevron station I've been at where you go in and your average bottle of wine price was 50 to $70, and they had Dom Perignon for like $500 at a gas station. That gives you kind of an idea of the market I was in. So there was a this is these people are out of touch trust me they actually had this like they had these guys running around at night and they're doing their security for their gated community and they drive around in black golf carts in black jumpsuits and they'd have snipers crawl up in trees i'm not kidding about this I'm not exaggerating either these guys were goofballs and they're all like probably like flunkies out of the police program or something that they hired but anyway they all thought they were cool they'd come into the restaurant at night all decked out in their kit need a burger whatever got it so anyway there was a there was a hurricane that came into the area and it was supposed to hit land it's one of these that came right up to the edge of the coast and then just skirted but there was an evacuation warning put out and I got to witness (laughs) the craziness of what happens in that first hand so we're I'm managing the restaurant and people are coming in that have never prepped for anything in their life. I mean, their idea of prepping is going to Publix and buying a dinner and maybe the next morning's breakfast or something, right? Like that's a big deal. And most of them eat out a lot of times. And when you're at the, when you're at these gated communities, these gated communities actually have like a clubhouse where they, many of the families would just go and eat there every night at the clubhouse and have the whining and dining of the clubhouse. So this evacuation order came in and people came in in hordes and I, and it was insane. Literally ordering like 25 Big Macs at once, 25 anything they could get, 50 of anything they could get. Never seen anything like it. And, of course, if you know anything about fast food, it's not worth, it's bad enough when you eat it. But when you keep this past about an hour, fast food, like, degrades to its normal state, which is something worth that you expect to crawl out of the box. It's just horrible. And this was also the time when McDonald's had just introduced what they called the Q ovens, which was nothing more than microwave ovens with special settings supposedly to, to just heat the burger just right. Well, the problem is when you did that and you're supposed to heat all these burgers when they're fully made, you, you're zapping the lettuce and the lettuce turns into like dead brown goo about 30 minutes out of drive through So people were literally bagging up and there was fights breaking out. I mean, people were screaming at each other and yelling at the counter and we had lines in this little restaurant like, packed to the window and then out the door it was insane so these are one of these moments that once you go through it you never forget just how crazy people can get and they do get crazy I had this similar thing happen and I've mentioned this one before I was up in New Jersey and there was a snowstorm coming and it was coming in hard 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 on the on the uh from the ocean and they had had a big snowstorm the year before. And so as it rolls in and coming in, I went down to the restaurant. I went down to the store to get some, I don't know, some, my normal stop in, like get a couple bottles of water or something. 
And I, I told this the other night. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even shop. I just sat and watched the insanity. It was worth the entire time. I was just walking around the store just in awe of how crazy people were. And I literally walked around and just watched. And people were so engrossed in, in stacking what they could in their baskets. And I don't mean like little bits. You're talking like one of your shopping baskets. And you know how expensive groceries can be at just when you're not buying in bulk. And they had these things mounded up with every single thing. I was watching people go through shelves that there was hardly anything left. And they'd just look at it and they didn't care. They'd just throw it in their, in their cart as long as it looked like it was edible. That's what happens when people get panicked and they haven't prepared. And they, they start to lose their mind. And it's consistent. So you can imagine what will happen when all of a sudden you get this raging storm coming in, which is called the financial storm, and the ATM doesn't work for a moment, or there's a, a notice that you know food's going to be short, or you, they notice big jumps in prices. All this is happening, and this tension is increasing. And as that happens, people are going to lose their minds, so be prepared. Hey, before I continue, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards home page for MyPillow products. It's the place that we go to get the best deals on all these home supplies. And your Bards promo code gets you all sorts of amazing deals. Mike Lindell is literally one of the great patriots of our time. Fights for liberty and every one of your dollars in one way or another goes to liberty. And there's so many great savings going on right now, 50% off on the uh, my slippers, my pillows are down. The traditional my pillows down as low as 1998, I think it is right now. And you've got um, sleepwear 50% off for men and women. Giza sheets down to 60% off. You can't live without Giza sheets. So anyway, check those out. Mypillow.com forward slash bards. It's a great landing page. It's a great company. It's great products, great savings. And you can use that promo code BARDS anywhere on the MyPillow site, the Frank Speech site, and the My Store site. And right now when you buy anything, you're going to get a copy of Mike Lindell's book, complimentary with every purchase with your promo code BARDS. And that's the story of how Mike went from addict to being one of the greatest CEOs of our time. And the lead character to that story is Christ. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. So in all of this process, we need to really be focused increasingly on our relationship with God and what we need in our home. And I've gone through the seven pillars of county by county. But before we do that, I'm going to go through them again tonight because I'm going to really pound on that this week a lot again. And I don't think it's, I mean, there's so many dimensions and depth, so much depth to each one of those pillars. It's going to be a theme all week. And by the way, before I forget, tomorrow night I've got Zach Payne from Red Pill 78 on. Really good interview with him today. That's going to be on tomorrow night at Bards FM. So let me, I want to go through Romans 1, 18 to 32. And I just think this is a good perspective of what, kind of what we're facing right now, which is, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived 
ever since the creation of, of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolishness, their foolish hearts darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. I'm going to stop there and we'll continue in a second. When we read that paragraph, again, this is Romans 1, 18 to 32. And this is, when I read this, I ask myself, tell me a leader in our nation right now that truly honors God in all that they do. And I'm including Trump in this. Saying that I'm going to protect the evangelicals doesn't mean anything to me. I want to know if you have, if my people are, will humble themselves before me and seek my face. That's what I want to know. Do we have a leader that will do that? And sadly, we don't. We don't have a leader that will do that at this point in time. And so it is essential I mean, when we start looking at this, this is where when I say their vote doesn't make a lot of difference, I'm serious. Until we get that in our leadership, this country is not going to resurrect itself. You can fix everything about the voting, and we're not going to get any closer to where we need to be until we start seeing leaders step up and put God first before them in all things. And that's only going to happen until we start holding them accountable and start demanding that of ourselves to put that as the standard of leadership. Because God continues in this in a really inter- in a really dark way in a certain sense. It's very dark. And where I think if we listen to this next paragraph, you we can see a lot of what's happened around us. And so it goes on. Therefore God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up into dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see it fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. This is a really powerful passage in what I personally feel that we are witnessing every day. There is a darkness that has fallen on people, a blindness, as this discusses, that they are blind to a truth, and it's so profound God has brought a sword to the world and in so doing has, has literally separated us 
And we are able now literally to stand side by side with someone and be living in two completely different realities. We can sit, one person that we're standing next to can be with a mask and we can be standing there with them. They are seeing the exact same world we are and their world is going to be shaped by everything that mask represents. Everything. And though they can tell themselves that, oh, I'm a, I'm a godly person, I believe in Christ, the fact is that if they have the mask on or if they have taken the shot or all these things, they have accepted a framework in their life of fear and obedience to the wrong God. And as we stand there in this bifurcated moment next to somebody like that, we're literally looking over at somebody that, in my opinion, God has put to blindness upon. And I don't think that was something that God just did. I don't mean like he went through and said, okay, half of you are going to be blind and half of you are not. I think this is something that has evolved. That as people have been confronted with difficult choices and they make the choice to step to this other path, this path that quite frankly is this, the wide gate, the gate to, to destruction is literally this path is a path that they have now become consumed in this path. And they really can't see their way through. Now, I say all that because I just got some word tonight of the local Republican Party. And the word is that it has gone into absolute chaos. In the most recent meeting, they had yelling and fighting. And it wasn't just limited to here. I've been hearing reports that this has been happening all over. These... This strife is going to continue, and I'm just picking on the Republican Party because I don't pay any attention to what goes on in the Democrat Party, but I can imagine there's a lot of same-same going on here. In the last couple of weeks, we've had huge reveals of information. Pfizer data has come out. We're starting to look at Ukraine, and we're slowly getting the, the, the percolation up of the reality of Ukraine that we had 11 bioweapons lab. We are literally in the process of separating ourselves from each other in such a big way that were, as they pulled away from this, they're blinded to the realities that are sitting before us. And so as we confront this with each other, we're challenged at a whole new level because this type of person is reactive. So as I go back to these parties that are conflicting, confiding with each other, with all of this truth that has come about, there are people that are going through a process right now of having to rationalize a form of death. And this rationalization is tough because the death is the death of a system and a worship and an idolatry that they have entrusted themselves in completely. And this death that's unraveling before them is going to go through processes. And if you know those stages of grief, the first stage of grief is always denial. And the, the next step is usually anger. And those two together are, this is a combined effort that we're into right now. And then comes this next phase of bargaining. And this is the one that I would say we have to be extremely careful of. And this is one that is a trap if we're not careful. So you always hear me say, we have to know the line of tolerance to and intolerance. And I say that at the beginning of almost every show. Okay. And it's important to understand how I, I mean, I'm going to share with you why I see this and why I think this is so important, okay? And it gets to this third step of grief. Now, keep in mind that we have people out here that have suddenly awakened to 
information that we have all been working through and processing for the last five years or more. Some people, maybe it's been a year or two, but it doesn't matter. You've had time to ingest, to process. Now, in one dump of information last week, there are people that just that took this injection that have been absolutely convinced that it's okay. And they've discovered that it's anything but okay with nine pages of the Pfizer data listing out consequences. And as that happens, there is an immediate, <laughs> it's the red pill suppository is what that is. And that's a painful one to take. And this is a big one. And so the first reaction is denial. So you're going to get a lot of strange arguments. You're going to witness strange arguments and fighting, in my opinion. Because there's, there's in there is this strife because in this process of grief, we have denial first. And then you're going to go to anger. And anger is going to lash out pretty close to denial because in the anger and denial phase, you're moved from I can't be to I can't believe they did this to me and they're raged. And I've already seen one video that's been floating around of a nurse that was going through this and she was pissed and emotional and angry. But then comes the bargaining phase. And I kind of go back to the Romans bit because so much of this is in a framework like Romans 1, 18 to 32 talks about where people are literally living and have been living in their passions and it's the dishonorable passions and they've been resting there. They've been judging other people. They've been condemning other people. They've been acting righteous when they're not righteous at all. They have been proclaiming ridiculous things like, well, my pastor said to do it and you know, Christ would take this vax. These are just lies. There's no biblical base for that at all. Matter of fact, it's blasphemous to even say it. And you, we've ended up with those that are, of course, not of a faith-based agnostic, being completely arrogant, off the charts. They are. They've jumped onto the fascist wagon, and I want to see these people put into camps, forced vaccinated. We've heard all this. Okay, we've endured all this. So now we get to this place where they have denial and anger hit them because they've realized with a one big ball of truth that's continuing to snowballs coming that what they've been standing on has been a foundation of sand. And their house was built on a foundation of sand while we're sitting on a foundation of faith, a rock of faith. So then comes the bargaining. And the bargaining will take many, many forms. It'll be things like, well, okay, I, I didn't mean to. And, you know, it was just a bad thing. I was kind of misled. And, um, you know, I'm sure God will be good with it. He'll understand. He goes, I, he didn't mean, I didn't mean it. Um, well, you know, you, you crazy Christians, you know, you, you, you always do these sorts of things. And, you know, I, whatever, you, you can forgive me because I, I didn't mean it. You know, I was kind of kidding. This is the sort of nonsense that's going to come up. Or you're going to hear the bargaining. It's like, well, you know, you, you got to pray for me. Because this was tough. You know, I, I don't know. My body's going to be be ravaged by this. You know, I need your prayers for me. I need. Always I, I, I. Listen to it because it is going to happen. And why I bring this up is this is a really opportune moment in this to start working that soft work to say, look, I'm not going to pray for you as an example but we're going to pray together and to start breaking down this 
barrier of bargaining to get to the place where they need to start taking responsibility. Now, what follows from bargaining is a depression. In these typical five points, of five stages of grief. And the depression level is real because this is when suddenly they, when they've worked through the ability, the three first three phases, which were basically trying to protect themselves from the truth. Suddenly the depression sets in and they realize that all that they were standing for is wrong. And the truth that sits before them is what they must now digest. And this is literally like taking a full can of castor oil and drinking it. I mean, it's about that much fun. Again, huge opportunity to come in and to sit and to pray with people and to encourage them to read scripture and to keep some scriptures handy that you might suggest that they read. And I'm not going to tell you which those are. Let your heart lead you to that. But there are some really good scriptures for people to read. Always one to probably read, have them read, is Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. There's a daily ritual to give them strength. I think Ephesians is a great book to read anyway. And one suggestion one might make to people in this state is to take a book like like Ephesians, like Ephesians as a whole book and encourage them to read it in a row, like five times, because every, and then make a note after each time they read it, what they perceive and what they understand, because every time they go back through that, they're going to see something else and it will help them work through a depression. Where they finally arrive in the fifth stage of grief is acceptance. Now, this is a critical thing because it's, it's either they're going to have a relationship with God in that acceptance. And in that process, there's going to be accountability with acceptance, or they're going to take a step to acceptance where it's like, okay, so this sucks. This is what happened, but you know, whatever, I still want to be, I still think the vax was a pretty good thing. That sort of acceptance. That's a false acceptance. And the difference is, is how they go through these previous processes and whether there's been an opportunity for them to reach to God and to truly start to have that confrontation of understanding who the true God is and what their idols have been and what they're having to see stripped away from them. This is going to be a difficult process. I've said this quote so many times, a quote from the Irish prime minister, never will so much be asked of so few by so many. A brilliant insight, a brilliant quote, and one in which we are all going to live. But this process, these five stages of grief are real. And people are now facing a lot of this with great challenge and great difficulty. And they don't have a guide. They don't have a shepherd. And many of them don't even understand what a relationship with God is like. Heck, it's hard enough to find people in church that seek to have a true intimate relationship with Christ. Because it's this concept so much in the way our faith is taught is that you sit in a pew on Sunday, you're told what the sermon is, you listen, you're told basically how you're to pray, and prayers are given in a very formal sense, and not all churches, but you, if you've been to a number of churches, you know this is kind of a standard formula. You are, you're going to sing him together, you're going to do praise together, you're, there's going to be an altar call at the end that you'll come up and you'll pray. Or you'll ask for the, or you'll ask for being saved in Christ. 
And then you're going to put some money in an altar plate somewhere along that path because there's going to be the altar plate calling. And if you don't have cash on you that day, you always feel guilty because everyone else is looking at you, kind of not looking at you, but pretending not to, but they all are like, dude, come on, like put something in the plate, that sort of thing. And you've got this really uncomfortable feeling. And so there's this mix of like, okay, I didn't put money in the plate or I did put money in the plate. Did I put enough money or did I not put enough money? Am I going to be forgiven? It's all this messed up garbage. And then you leave and then you go away for, for five days, six days. And then you come back you might come in on, on Wednesday night for church services. And somewhere in there, you're going to do a little bit of reading in, in the Bible, hopefully, maybe not, but at least every Sunday, you know, you can get re-energized and renewed. Patriots, people that are going to go through this process of realization, of awakening, of understanding what they just did to themselves, understanding that they were absolutely misled, that they put something in themselves that has genetically modified who they are. Those people that are now going to have to come to that realization and are having to work through these five steps of grief, that once a week call isn't going to make it. They're going to need a lot of guidance, and the, those most equipped for that guidance are those that have been on the ground, on the front line, trying to keep people from jumping into that pit of fire with the vax, and now we are here in need of helping them out, and that's us. And we literally have to start with that process of accepting that responsibility, my opinion, but... Not that I have opinions, you know that. It's important. Look, I've moved from a long range on this a lot. I have been absolutely frustrated and furious over the levels of stupidity that we have witnessed. And I've been very vocal about it. I've been frustrated at our leadership for the absolute negligence of allowing people to move forward and taking this jab and not calling it out or saying it should be stopped. Those are absolute liabilities and crimes against humanity as far as I'm concerned. We have had tens of thousands of people, millions of people, in fact, injected. And even though there's been saline shots mixed in with, we have no idea what those lots are, if they've been affected or not. And we know that we've had tens of thousands die and over a million be injured by this injection. That damage is real and it's tragic because no matter how much we tried on some, they just wouldn't listen. Outright refused on many levels to listen because they were committed to doing one thing, to obeying their master, which was not God. And like I said, somewhere in there, they experienced something very much like Romans 1, 18 to 32, to where God whether God gave them up or whether they gave up God, the principle is the same. They gave themselves up to the lusts of their hearts, to the impurity of the, of the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves. That's right there. And that's exactly what they did. And in this me culture, they have damaged themselves and they've damaged that temple, which we don't even know if it's possible to repair it. But what we can do is we can help them through this process of grief 
and we can't help them find their way to God and find that relationship with Christ. And if they've refused to accept that, then that's a path they're now choosing. But we can't turn our back on them. Because God can do miraculous things. God has kept us safe in all of this. And in spite of all of the pressures that we have felt, God has kept us safe. If you think about it, it's been tough. And we're not at the end of this fight. We're just at a new phase of this fight where it's the fight of now the five stages of grief as the cabal tries to crush the entire system and keep everybody distracted. But there's a certain level of truth that's moving through this that's moving at a pace that the cabal can't keep ahead of. And with that percolation comes this idea that will be this idea of retribution and vengeance. And we don't need that. And that's not going to come from us. It's going to come from those that have been victimized by this. And I don't say that it isn't something they don't, that isn't earned by the cabal, but it's exactly what the cabal wants. And we are now going to be those guides and those mentors because what we have been through, what we have been through in these last 18 months of the ostracization, the the condemning, the calling of tin hats, the broken of families, perhaps the loss of jobs, as we've held this hard line, we've all of us have sacrificed. We can now use that experience base as God has given it to us to be able to counsel and to advise those and give them wisdom as to why retribution is not necessary because we're not seeking retribution on these people and we should never. It's not the ones that... And I'm not talking about the cabal. What I'm saying is that we, and as a common man, we have been, we've dealt enough with our, the day to day of these people. And sadly now we're going to see some real pain. And I don't know how fast this is going to move through, but I know that since that Pfizer article dropped, things have started to change. There's a school board member that was pushing for vax for kids that since the Pfizer article dropped, this is local here, suddenly resigned. I can almost guarantee you they resigned because they are afraid of what that community is going to do to them. And I know that community and they don't play. So we're going to see a lot of this and we are going to have to walk carefully And we're going to have to walk nobly and we have to remember the gifts we were given. We have been given the right to step on snakes and scorpions and the dominion over all evil. But what does that look like? And I think if we really search our hearts, we will come to the understanding that dominion over evil does not happen by wielding the sword of steel. But it happens from wielding the sword of the spirit and the power of love as a as agape love as Christ walked on this earth and that is there is nothing that can stand to that and we must remember that we have been given the promise that as we follow Christ and truly follow him we will do greater works than he now imagine that for a moment in this midst because that means that we can become the healers for the things that everyone wants healing from. 
because we've been told by Christ himself that we can do greater works than he. That's the path that I personally seek. If you choose not to follow, that's fine. But as a guy who's been in war, as a guy who's literally put his foot in a pile of goo that used to be a human body, something I don't ever forget, the path that I seek is that walk as Christ would walk, which is so powerful and so above this nonsense that we're dealing with. And it's centered on building bridges. It's centered on people taking responsibility and accountability before Father. And it's centered on healing those with broken souls and broken hearts. I'll take that path any day because that's the path ultimately that wins. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people closer to Christ and in the process contribute to the victory that we know Father has. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And it is a time that we are all challenged. It's a time when we have to now grow up, Father, quite frankly. There is an accountability to this damage that sits at the high echelons that we will cross that bridge when we get there and justice will have to be brought to this land in its due course. But right now, Father, we have so many people that are beginning to wake up to the realization of the choices that they made and the pain which they now carry within. And that's going to bring so many emotions, denial, anger, bargaining, even depression. Father, we, we pray for mercy. We pray for mercy on this land. and We understand that so much has happened. And we are, this is so much evil has come across, come out of this nation. And not only for this nation, but for the world from this nation. Lord, forgive us. Forgive this nation. Forgive us for any part that we have had in it. And some of that part, Lord, is just complacency. We have been consumed in a fight for the last 18 months that has been very personal, in times very internal, at times very selfish, and not selfish in the sense of wanting to be selfish, but trying to protect ourselves from the attacks of others, and it's been very internal. But this has been the purifying through fire, Lord, and we see that. And if we have made errors and transgressions in this time, forgive us because that was not truly what we seek. We also are openly admitting that we're human and imperfect, but forgive us, Father. But now, Father, hear our prayers. Lead us to those that are struggling. Lead us to those to give us an opportunity to heal. Lead us to those where we can extend a hand of grace and give them hope. Lead us to those that need to hear these words and need to hear the love of Christ that we can guide them back to our Lord and Savior. We have such opportunity now to bring those home. And even though they come home sometimes wounded 
or damaged, we know, Father, that you, above all things, can correct this and heal this in one stroke of your hand. And we have to walk that path now, the difficult path of forgiveness, and to walk that path as Christ would walk. So, Lord, we pray for that clarity. We pray for that discernment to walk a path as Christ would walk in such a time as this. It is a sad time on so many levels that so many have been consumed with the manipulation of of truth to create hate and anger, to have accepted a poison in their body that will leave them damaged, and now to be unaware even of so much of the storm that's on its way. There will be unlimited opportunities ahead for us, Lord. We just ask that you can bring that light before us, that others will be brought to it like a moth to a flame, that are in need of the relationship and seeking the relationship with you. And there, Lord, we can be that guide, that pointer in the midst of a dark night to set them on a path where they can choose and hopefully they will find the love that we have experienced, the love that we have in Christ Jesus, our Savior, and in you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for what you've given us in this time. Thank you for the trials that we've been through and we will continue to have. Thank you for giving us the chance to be trusted and to grow. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We are a very powerful force of change and transformation that is much needed. We are a force that has the opportunity to literally shake the foundations of the earth through the simple act of love, our love in Christ, and our love in Father. We have to stay true, true in our hearts, true to that walk. And as we do, I truly believe great things will come. I want to close with Matthew 6. 22 to 23. The eye of the lamp of the body. The the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? If we are walking pure with Father and we are trying to seek his face and humble ourselves before him, we are truly going to have an eye where our whole body is full of light. And that is what stands out from a distance, from afar, from club close, without even saying a word. That's the sort of thing where we become a magnet in a good way to draw people's eyes away from the darkness that they're in and to show them something greater and something more awesome than they've ever imagined. I think every one of us can agree that as we're walking deep with Christ, this time is exciting. 
It's challenging. It has its moments, but it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time because so much is happening and so much of our walk is so increasingly close and intimate with Jesus and with Father God. And that's a beautiful place to be. We don't know where we're going, but truly we are walking by faith, not by sight. And what we know is one thing for sure, that as we do that, no matter where we are led, it is exactly where Father needs us to be. We know that we've got Christ on that walk with us. And no matter how that end comes about here, we have everything we need in life ever after. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep our prayers going hard. Keep yourself locked in that rock of faith. Reinforce your house on the rock of faith. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. Take time to talk to him. Be intimate with him. And in the end, God always wins. Yet he has us here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. And that's pretty clear. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, have a very blessed night. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
Thank、you 